You're listening to 91.7 FM, WSUW, in Whitewater, Wisconsin. You're listening to WSUW, 91.7 FM, The Edge, in Whitewater, Wisconsin. This is Rashkin Report, and I'm your host, Yuri Rashkin. I'm excited to be joined for this discussion by uh, three esteemed guests. I have uh, Dmitry Dubrovsky with us, who is a researcher at uh, Harriman Institute at Columbia University in New York City. Alexander Flint, uh, who's a popular blogger and uh, also uh, elected representative. We had uh, with us five-term um, Andy Jorgensen uh, from Wisconsin State Legislature joining us as well. Andy and Alexander and Dmitry, welcome. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having us. Well, we are watching at a, a realignment of all sorts of things occurring uh, in in our country, in our world. Uh, we're seeing a president of the United States, incoming president, who is uh, more excited about Russia than we've had a president uh, ever. Um, is is this a good thing or not? Is this? But let's start with how surprising is this? I feel it is uh, an unusual development, although perhaps not cons- you know considering the cast of characters. But still, uh, Dmitry, let me begin with you. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm I'm afraid. Well, first of all, it's a little bit pity for me that the Russia appear in the international relations on this such unpleasant image, some unpleasant way, as a country uh, supposedly blackmailed the president-elect. This is the one story. The second story, I'm a little bit afraid, is the current uh, scandal. It's rather based on the biases and prejudice of the Cold War about the superiority of the KGB, about the, all these, you know, cons- conspiracy be, uh, beyond all this, everything was going on in the international scene. I'm a little bit afraid that now it's rather a domestic American story with the kind of, this, this is the kind of um, usage that the United uh, Russia for the United States domestic discourse, United States domestic uh, domestic discussion. Uh, well, my m- main concern in this perspective, this is the there is nothing common with the world, real uh, Russia. So that that's so. I so this is America fighting an invisible, you know, uh, and uh, fighting a country or enemy that it doesn't really understand. Yeah, first of all, doesn't really understand. Well, well, we don't understand Russia either. So. Exactly, exactly <laughs> no. I was going to say, yes. Yeah, yeah. That, well, it's not. Well, nobody could predict the person, and nobody could predict the regime, which is irrational in its core. This is not that. Well, the one of the biggest issues is that all the political studies right now is everybody tried to rationalize what is doing by by the Putin, but sometimes it's just ad hoc policy. It's nothing. Well, I, I, I'm afraid they no, they don't have a, such a idea as a plan or strategy. So, well, well, I'm studying the just the language of the political, uh, political, uh, political language of the human rights. So, what I would say that the practically no common strategy, no common well instructions uh, for the for the Russian politicians, for the Russian representative, because they simply invented something ad hoc. In the any moment on the international discussion, 
So that's why I am a little bit uh, afraid. This is the uh, just even the idea. This 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 was the big and the very much developed plan to discourage or to de- disgrade the president elect. I am a little bit. It is up other uh, extra evaluation of the what exactly the KGB or the, this person could do. Well, they could blackmail people, but I don't think they could really technically and politically and physically intervene in the serious, serious stuff like American election and like United States policies. All right. Alexander, I would think that uh, as a, a person that has been in the in the United States for a long time, though originally from Soviet Union, you kind of have a slightly different perspective and view of this. Um, are you horrified? Well, I'm not horrified. I'm concerned because uh, this is an unprecedented thing that we're noticing, like what's going on right now. Uh, We have a a report that basically is telling us that there is a possibility that a president-elect is actually under the influence of a Russian intelligence or Russian president. And uh, despite... uh, um, all the uh, all the hysterics that I'm hearing on the right, you know, from from the Republican side and from people that actually prefer Trump to Hillary Clinton in the election, this has nothing to do with the Democrats. This is something to do with their national security. And you know, this is mind-boggling that our president-elect is believing more into the words of Putin comparing to the words of our intelligence. For me, you know, it's not a political, it's just simply patriotic. You know, it's unbelievable. You know, like even, even during the height of a Cold War, can you imagine that ever Reagan would say that uh, he is going to believe Brezhnev more than he's going to believe his own intelligence? But do you that was then, never happening before. In that case, but do you agree that the enemy, that uh, United States and Secret Services and all of this reporting, uh, the enemy that is perhaps is Russia that is being presented to the public, is that an accurate representation um, of the threat? It is a threat. I don't know what exactly they are telling to the American public because we're only getting the scraps uh, from from the official hearings and stuff like that. You know, obviously, you know, everybody is trying to, to, uh, to, to say, okay, we need to see the proof. And uh, I think once they say that, they don't really understand what they're talking about. This is intelligence. This is, it means that it was collected by some clandestine people or heard somewhere or was stolen somewhere. Nobody's going to give you any kind of proofs of this kind of thing. So we only have... Uh, uh, these reports, and we, uh, if if you are uh, an American, you you just have to believe in this, because if this has nothing to do with our internal politics. But, it's nothing but, to but do is with... this something that makes sense to you as Russian? Yes, of course, of course. Uh, Putin wants to change world perception of Russia without Russia changing anything in its behavior. That's what Putin wants. So if you have a president-elect who is coming, who is saying from the onset that. We need to have a better relationship with, with Russia without any mentioning that Russia has to change. Then, excuse me, this, this is what Putin wants. It's basically the best scenario he can expect. Besides, right. you know, like, I mean, Trump didn't just say that. He was saying something about NATO. He was saying something about our allies in the, in the Far East. He was saying about our commitment to, to protect the Baltic countries and stuff like that. That's like 
the Cold War comes as a it comes as a winning thing for for the Russians finally, because that's what they were wanted for for the last seventy five years to NATO stop functioning, for our commitment to the Allies actually start faltering, for this uh, for very weak American president and totally total disregard for. Uh, for the rule of law in the, in the world. So, That's what so we have always. So we have uh, Russia snatching victory from the jaws of defeat here. Um, basically, okay. Basically, without firing a shot, without with, with only one guy changing it all for them. It's like a. It's like Christmas came early. All right. Uh, Representative Jorgensen, you are a state legislator, uh, well, up, up until just now. So, And what I would really like to understand is, and I think in, and have people understand, what options, you know, Wisconsin went through a recall with Governor Walker, and that was uh, quite, I think, an educational experience as much as a personal one. What are your thoughts on how the situation could, uh, what, what options could there be? How could this play out with uh, Mr. Trump? Well, I think this is a uh, long-term uh, game that's being played by Russia. It's been going on for a while. I mean, there are lots of things in the news right now, but for the moment I'd like to back up uh, and and uh, tell tell you the viewers uh, how I started watching something that is now in the news. Uh, the propaganda machine by Russia is in the United States. I had no idea until I had heard one of my uh, uh, favorite uh, newscasters or talk show hosts. Uh, his name is uh, Ed Schultz. Uh, you know, he left MSNBC and he landed on a, I read an article how he landed on something called RT. And I'd never heard of it before. And uh, that stands for Russia Today. That's all and what all the crazy I'll, kids are watching or something like that. Okay. Propaganda machine. Well, propaganda machine, right? Well, it is. And, and, it, and it's pretty, you know, I'm going to say, I probably should say it's concerning. It is, but it's also scary. Because it's in living rooms right now, and Yuri, you and I know we have uh, friends that uh, talk about RT as a place that they go to to see Ed Schultz, as I brought up, or uh, Larry King, or Tom Hartman. But there's also conservative talk show hosts on there, and there, and so people are probably saying, "Well, that's not doesn't sound propaganda to me." Well, it is, and it's very effective and smart. Let me explain. When you have names like that on a TV station. You're, and you're, you have some concerns, you've heard things about it, and you see Larry King is on tonight, well, your defenses go down. You go, oh, this can't be bad. This is I, I know Larry King. And you start to watch. And it's not so much what Larry King himself says, but it's those commercials in between. It's the newscasts that are on, uh, on each end of his show, and they are sympathizing with Russia. And it's not just my opinion. Uh, now we've gone for a full circle with this conversation. It just came out in the uh, briefings that uh, our president-elect got that uh, not only did Russia hack into our elections, into the DNC, they were also running this propaganda machine on what? RT. And another one called Sputnik, which I'm not uh, familiar with, but that's how they're pushing this fake news. And now you hear in the news that uh, uh, President-elect Trump is using fake news and pointing it at CNN and the other entities of the news, and ones that he feels aren't treating him fairly. When really the fake news is spelled out in these reports, and it's coming from uh, stations like RT. Now, folks, if you ever turn it on, have your tinfoil hat on. No, I'm just kidding. But, no, uh, if, you, if you turn it on, uh, you'll see there are no commercials. 
uh, is just these promos about how bad other news sources are, and you should only you should only uh, um, watch this one. And it's isn't it rich to hear something that's support? And the reason there's no commercials is it's supported by the Kremlin. The Kremlin is paying for this. Now, isn't this something their their motto? Uh, your guests should get a kick out of this. Their motto is question more. In other words, Putin wants us as Americans to question more. And so you wonder what the goal is here. And I think one of the goals is to just create chaos, to erode our democracy, and to always just always have the bad side of things. And if uh, Putin needs some help in our news over here, to give that as well. And uh, that's what's going on in stations like that. And it really concerns me where this is going to go five, ten years from now. For instance, Fox News uh, wasn't as powerful as they were uh, from day one as they were 10 years later. Where are we going with something like this? And how common will it be for people to be watching something called Russia Today in America? Right. And the same way that KFC is no longer Kentucky Fried Chicken, it's just KFC. RT is no longer <laughs> Russia Today, it's just RT. And everyone can guess right. what, what it could possibly stand for. Um, interesting. Andy, I, I, I love your perspective. Um, Dimitri, do you feel that uh, this fighting with media is something that uh, – uh, how does this experience works in Russia? Uh, and how, what, what role do you feel the media plays uh, in preparing the ground for this kind of, uh, um, I don't even know, leader to come in? Well, it's – that's a good question because first of all, the, in the situation of the so-called post-truth – we are living in. So, especially in Russia, it is the common formula for the media. This media is not the source of information anymore. So nobody believes the media could provide the real information. Media provide is the national view or the national interest. And now, even today, it was a special order which added TAS in, uh, <coughs> TAS in other Uh, state informational uh, uh, agencies to the uh, to this uh, to the list of their uh, special special security objects. So this is the well, everybody everybody accepted as a well treated as a military. The thing is for the military purposes. So this is not the media. Is not the information exchange. This is not the marketplace of ideas. This is something originally created for the informational war. For the perspective of Russia, that's why uh, nobody believes in in media. I mean, as a as a as a source for the truth within in the country, and also everybody believes that the the other media do the same. So, uh, in this perspective, in this situation, is nobody trusts nobody. Uh, that that is a very interesting story. But on the Russian side, we have. Informational war, we have the falsification of the knowledge, the fake news, whatever. For the American side, we have the, the absolutely different. This is imbalance in the in, informational uh, exchange. If the one country working as a as a day living in the in in the war, like like a war with Nazis, for example, and the other country, I mean United States. Living in the situation of the multiple choice, uh, pluralism, whatever. And I believe the United States media simply under-evaluate the real influence of the Russia today for as a kind of absolutely different tool 
because this is originally and since the origin it was planned not as a not as the media is absolutely different story is a tool of informational war all right Alexander, let me then take this to you and say that if you are uh, somebody who is uh, engaged in this information war, you you have your uh, folks hole that that you're occupying with your blogs and your writings. Um, how? What is you know? Do, do you think that uh, there will be a day where Alexander Flint will be asking a question at a White House press conference, or how is this? Uh, you know, what role? Do, do independent journalists and independent writers and independent bloggers have versus organizations such as RT or CNN, you know, those fake news over there? Um, your thoughts? Well, uh, let me get back first a little bit. You know, you see, I, I agree with both uh, uh, our colleagues here, what they say. And, uh, you know, I just want to add something that, um, you see, you have to understand whom you're dealing with. Uh, Putin and his government is X. KGB operatives. So they operate the government and international relations as a certain spy game, in a way. So they use, for instance, uh, the gas pipe to the Western Europe as a weapon. They use RT or million others, uh, smaller networks uh, or uh, uh, websites that they create daily as a weapon. Not as information, but as a weapon. So we're dealing right now with a war, open war. It's basically, <laughs> it can be called Cold War II. We need to stop being afraid using this term, because that's what we have right now. So once you understand it, then you have to think, what can you do to fight that? Back in the Soviet Union days, that was a very, very effective weapon. Everybody was listening to American youth on the radio or BBC on the radio, or uh, Canadian radio, or Israeli radio. It was uh, like a fresh air inside Soviet Union. So right now, for some reason, these stations and this uh, um, uh, information is no longer there. And I think it should be there again. So, uh, I don't know, maybe Voice of America have to uh, get like a, a way bigger grant and start really looking into more propaganda counting uh, like a uh, counter to the RT because RT is a state sponsored channel and that's why they <laughs> they have the money to hire uh, the best talent they can get in the world and uh, you know everybody believes them because they provide like a di- different view on what's going on in America for instance some people <laughs> another problem is that uh, a lot of people who voted for Trump, they, they believe in, in unfairness of American system right now. So they're looking for the news. They're going to support that point of view. So they're going to look for something RT going to say, you know what, you live in America, but America is not good for you because they are hiding this and this information because there's a corrupt politicians in Washington. And nobody else telling you this but us. But they are not doing it because they care for America. They do this to uh, undermine our uh, our love for the country. You know, like, just listen to what Trump was saying once he was getting elected. Make America great again. What, America stopped being great? When? All right. So he is basically like this kind of a nostalgic feeling, you know, we're going to go back to the greatness, and I'm the only vehicle for that. All I right. think it's wrong. 
Uh, Representative Jorgensen, let me ask you this. Then, as we're as this conversation circles comes back to you, do you feel that RT should be banned? Should these kinds of outfits be out, you know, banned, and we shouldn't be, you know, exposing people to this kind of a danger or virus or whatever you want to call it? Or should we uh, kind of escalate this war and uh, uh, start spending some of our money to uh, boost our message? I don't like the word banned. In fact, I, I go a whole different way. I, I think what we need to do is, I truly believe in my heart of hearts, knowledge is power, and to just expose RT for what it is. And it's no longer an opinion that we may think it's a uh, a Russian sympathizing propaganda machine. We know it is. Our intelligence said it in their report that they helped spread, spread fake news during our elections. They were an operative uh, on this, and they are coming right from the Kremlin. Uh, we know that uh, um, Putin himself uh, gave the order to uh, um, uh, unleash this plan. So that's what we know. All right. So it's no longer that's the way I think. I, I consider it fact. And so what I would do is tell people that this is a propaganda machine and uh, the people that are on it, like Larry King, of all people, uh, Ed Schultz, as I mentioned, uh, Tom Hartman and others, I think they should be somewhat, and I'd like to hear what your uh, guests think, ashamed for being a part of uh, what we know now as a propaganda machine for what I consider the enemy. They should be shamed for being on such a, 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 a vehicle such as that. I think that that is a better way of approaching this. And uh, I, this is just totally my idea of how to handle something like this. But I think uh, of pointing it out and uh, making sure that people don't uh, get normalized by this is uh, what we should do to uh, to counteract it. Now, I understand this too, Yuri, that uh, this RT, this whole idea of a propaganda machine is something that uh, Russia pumps into Ukraine uh, on a pretty, pretty consistent basis. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what that looks like. Maybe one of your guests could uh, say yes, uh, agree with that or, or not. Uh, but that's what I've heard, that this is something that They've perfected with uh, um, trying to uh, deal with Ukraine. But that's also, you know, I, I'm obviously absolutely love to hear what my guests have to say. Um, my understanding is a lot of Russian language uh, channels have been actually banned in several countries around uh, Russia, precisely for the reason that it's just considered to be harmful to, you know, by whatever government there is, whether it's corrupt or westernized, they still feel it's a threat to have this kind of broadcast right in their country. So they... they well, you're right. You know, they... they, they you're right. <laughs> they I mean, Fox News... But, you can't uh, get Fox News in Canada, for instance. Correct. There's a law not, against uh, lying up in Canada, so, uh, is a, uh, you know, they've got a lot of freedoms we enjoy here in America, but yeah, you're right. Uh, they... Uh, I don't know if they have RT in there. I'm probably thinking not if they don't have Fox News, but they have a law against uh, being insincere and not being a news uh, station, and so you can't be uh, broadcast there. So it's not out of the realm. It's just this, I think I would take the route of exposing them for what they are, and then those people that are on it uh, that uh, I, I just can't believe that they're there, uh, shaming them into getting off. Right. I think banning ba- banning just uh, uh, RT just by itself is not just going to do that. I think uh, because people are thirsty for information. So if we ban one thing, they're just going to get out with another one. I think That's it true. has to be an alternative. It used to be very effective that Voice of America was was basically the only radio that people were listening. 
or like you know why don't they make like some sort of a TV out of it like you know uh, I understand that it's not going to be in the United States because you can't have propaganda in here in the United States but it can be working for Eastern Europe or it can work for Ukraine it can work for Russia it can work everywhere you know it can work from let's say for instance from internet which is still free there but you know just banning one thing it means that we just creating a vacuum that is just going to be cre- going to be filled by somebody else so they're going to take uh, Add Schultz out of there. They're going to add up somebody else. So rather so than I, saying I, I, that we're not going to be using this kind of weapon, let's use it more effectively against the people. Kind of. Interesting. Um, Dimitri, what do you think? Well, first of all, uh, it's very much remind me the challenge for the democracy when the terrorists tried to attack the country. And if we accepted the idea of the security is prevailing the human rights, we will lose immediately the democracy as such. That is exactly the terrorist goal. I would say it is the terrorist attack, I mean information war in the, of the Russia today, or RT, is exactly the intended to transform the American democracy. And I would say, in keeping in mind such challenge, we should keep, we should be very careful to to announce the needs to use the counter propaganda as such, because I truth is the best weapon against the lie. Sorry for the, these banal words. Uh, and secondly, which is, seems to me very important, I truly believe in the Magnitsky list, and I truly believe this the exactly the person who personally well, well you know every propaganda this propaganda is abstract. But the people who are doing the propaganda, they have uh, names and addresses, how the Putin said once for a different reason. Uh, the problem is, this exactly the, those journalists who has organized the campaign against the human rights activists, against the democratical opposition in the country, they are easily possessing their, their pro- uh, property and they are spending the vacation in the United States. I believe such people truly deserve to be put into the Magnitsky list. Not because of, I am against the freedom of speech, but I truly believe in the personal responsibility. So because this person is not, not, not the journalist anymore. They are exactly the person who literally, practically, and personally involved in the uh, human rights abuses within, within Russia. So except that, well, I would say except that the counter-propaganda would be very productive and very efficient just to put all these person into the Magnitsky list. That will be very, very good measure against the uh, rush today, I believe. You're listening to WSUW 91.7 FM, The Edge in Whitewater, Wisconsin. This is Rashkin Report, and I'm your host, Yuri Rashkin. Uh, today's discussion, uh, we are really started with uh, Trump, and that's always a good uh, place to start. But from there, uh, the conversation uh, shifted really to a debate about RT, uh, which is really Russia today. And uh, so the, there is a debate not necessarily about whether RT uh, provides information or not, or news or not, but how to how to deal with the fact that it is providing disinformation. And uh, interesting, uh, I think, debate any time about the role of media 
in providing us with uh, helping us to make decisions whatever we want to decide. Uh, for this uh, discussion today, I'm excited to be uh, joined by Dmitry Dubrovsky, who is a scholar at uh, Harriman College at Columbia University in New York City, and uh, Alexander Flint, who is in New York area also, and he's a popular Russian language blogger who's ironically joining us uh, right now in English for the remaining minutes of our discussion. And uh, finally, I'm very excited, of course, to have on the program with me uh, State Representative, uh, former Representative Andy Jorgensen, a five-term legislator from State Assembly in our great state of Wisconsin here, where uh, from actually where this program broadcasts as well. I believe this is the first time. Well, no, we had one more guest that was in Wisconsin. This is very exciting. So, Alexander, let me turn to you and kind of get your take on uh, where we go from here. Um, what, are, what are you planning on doing? Are you going to be paying attention to fake news? How are you going to distinguish? What, is, what are you going to do? Well, it's a it's a good question. Um, basically, I listen to only news that actually have some big names to it. You know, like for instance, you know, even if I listen to CNN, then I listen to, uh, for instance, uh, ABC. You know, it's 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 a very good scenario to to avoid fake news because this kind of a big. Uh, uh, news channels, they try to avoid fake as much as possible because it's, it's basically against their own principles and it uh, undermines their own uh, their own like message. So I try to stick to these. But another thing is that, you see, um, it's not just about news. Uh, 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 there's just a belief right now because we're dealing with a political scandal, not just uh, uh, purely... Um, problem with the national security a lot of people a lot of people that uh, um, voted for trump they don't want to believe anything that's coming against them so it can be intelligence report it can be cnn it can be new york times it can be even a fox news channel they still not going to believe it because they trust more into trump than they trust into into any news that actually discredit him and his press conference today actually was a very, very good example how it works. People, people don't care. So <laughs> I think uh, the, the only thing that we can do is this. I, I think there's supposed to be a very thorough investigation of what's going on. They have to come up with a report telling us, okay, is it really truth or, okay, we, we can just go on and uh, we just know that there is some unexplainable love that Trump has for Russia. Then we can deal with it. If there is something behind it, then we have to deal accordingly to, according to the law. But uh, my, uh, my own personal position, I'm just going to spread information. I'm just going to keep writing my reports. I'm going to try to analyze as much as I can, see what, what I can expose, and just do this. You know, I was actually instrumental in preparing this Magnitsky list back about like five years ago and they're saying well, so maybe I can just do do the same thing right now you know, I, it's, it, it's, uh, and I think it's, it's, it's every American citizen is supposed to be concerned by that it's not just me because I came from mm -hmm. Russia 
Alexander, I, I, I think you really bring an excellent point because, as uh, Dmitry said, of the personal accountability about the sanctions, uh, at the same time, you're uh, taking it in a direction of personal respect for the source of information. So you trust a specific person uh, because, you know, you have, a few, you know, w- for whatever reason you choose to trust a particular person versus a news organization versus or, or even anything like that. So uh, I'd like to close by asking uh, State Representative uh, Jorgensen and what do you think uh, uh, we should we should be doing here as uh, as Americans? Well, it's really a challenge, isn't it? Because it's like drinking from a fire hose right now, trying to keep a an eye on all that's going on with our president elect uh, Trump, and we need to. But uh, you've got the, uh, the the newfound scandal that broke overnight. You've got the confirmation hearings that are going on. Uh, the scandal is uh, like three-pronged. I mean, it has to do with, uh, is our pr- uh, president-elect compromised? But did they also collude with his, uh, with his uh, um, campaign uh, during the campaign? Uh, there's all kinds of things going on all at once, and some of these are done by the design. But, you know, our process is one of the best in the world, and we can only hope and have faith that it will flesh out. And I really really uh, have to give credit to uh, uh, some who are Republicans, as is uh, our president-elect, that are also joining uh, the group that is questioning things, uh, like Senator Lindsey Graham, who I've never really cared for in the past, never really lined up with his what he's been selling. But I do like how he is keeping an eye on what's going on. And he said it best this morning. He said, you know, he seems very puzzled by the whole thing that's going on on this idea is our president-elect compromised. He said, you know, I, I think he's right on China. I think he's right on Israel. I think he's right on Iran. I think he's right on various other things. But when it comes to uh, Russia, it's so curious his behavior uh, does a complete flip and changes. And I th- what I'm appreciative of, that, uh, again, I'll say, it's someone that is uh, from his side of the aisle. So uh, in America, we've been, you know, up until just recently, we've been used to having uh, these questions come from not just uh, Democrats or Republicans, if you happen to be one or the other, uh, but we've got uh, an independent stuck in there, a a true uh, um, love for our country and understanding of the dangers we face that we need to face together, not as a political party. And I'm glad to see that some get it, like uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, like uh, Senator uh, uh, McCain. Uh, these are guys that, uh, so far, they're only a couple. But hopefully that uh, that will grow as time goes on. And, and as scary as it is, it sounds about... like Senator Marco Rubio may have joined that, that list. Couple and more. I'm, more I'm, yeah. who else? couple more. Ben Sasse, mm-hmm. who was against Trump in the beginning, and then maybe a senator from uh, Arizona, he's also was saying something against Trump in the beginning. So, and, uh, you know, I think there is like about five, six senators that I, I would probably count into, uh, into the opposition that may be in the, in the Senate for, against Trump. Not and I hope today Senate, after McCain, after, after this, uh, this circus of a, uh, um, press conference today, I mean, it's, this is, Nothing we are used to, how that uh, played out as well. An attack on a, a particular reporter really uh, stole the show, if you will, and uh, from CNN, saying, you're fake news. And, uh, I mean, what president does that? His behavior is so unbridled 
I mean, how would you like to be uh, um, advising him? And uh, believe me, there are people that are. But uh, it would be such a challenge because this guy might agree to go and say one thing and then start talking about uh, a bad review he got from Vanity Fair. I mean, this is a guy that uh, just is unhinged. I'm not, I believe uh, emotionally, and uh, I believe there's a lot of uh, underlying uh, problems that he has, and uh, now there are problems because things that he does, things that he says, uh, are, could potentially get us into some really bad uh, situations, maybe war, maybe uh, economically taking a downturn by him not uh, knowing, you know, saying something from the hip. I mean, we have got a, a whole bunch of problems, but let's just uh, back up and kind of look at what we were talking about today. Uh, he is uh, acting very strange when it comes to Russia. And we find that there are some things that we need to pay attention as Americans to that have come out from our intelligence agencies that we need to uh, keep an eye on as well. And uh, it, maybe that list of people that are questioning, especially Republicans that are doing so, will grow. And maybe we'll be able, as, as uh, more information comes to light, uh, we'll learn more and the right thing will happen. And we'll have to debate another day as to what that, that is. Thank you. <laughs> Well, you're listening to WSUW 91.7 FM, The Edge in Whitewater, Wisconsin. This is Rashkin Report, and I'm your host, Yuri Rashkin. I want to thank my guest today, uh, Representative Andy Jorgensen, a former representative, I'm sorry, as uh, Alexander Flint, a blogger in New York area, and uh, Dmitry Dubrovsky, a researcher at uh, Harriman College at uh, Columbia University. Um, thank you so much for the conversation, and uh, um, let's let's uh, you know buckle up and and see what happens. Anytime. Thank you, Yuri. You're listening to ninety one point seven FM, WSUW, in Whitewater, Wisconsin. You're listening to Rashkin Report.